one of the things that I have done, so I did my practicum in an organization and then I kept in touch with my supervisor. We are still in touch today. At least every once a year or once in six months, we have a chat. I send a nice holiday greeting card. I send a nice holiday greeting card to every boss I've worked for. Mm-hmm. Right? To keep that connection going. And see, I'll tell you one thing. As much as we want to hustle and it's our hard work that gets us to where we are, it's also that person taking a chance on you. Mm-hmm. That person saying, I'm trusting he's going to do a good job. And that gives a lot of empathy and gratefulness. We should be grateful that this person chose me compared to a hundred other candidates, right? And for that, I always keep my connections nice and warm. You're listening to the Public Health Insight Podcast, your go-to space for all things public health and global health. From the sustainable development goals to the social determinants of health, as well as interesting dialogues about the diverse career opportunities that exist in these fields. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so other people like you can benefit from our content. Before we move on, it is important to note that the views expressed in this podcast are our own and do not represent any of the organizations we work for or are affiliated with. My name is Gordon and I'm joined by my dear friend Lashan and our friend Dr. Sajad Fuzzle. So what are some entry-level jobs that people can search for? Are there specific job titles, keywords that people can be searching for to know what's out there that fits within the scope of a recent graduate? Dr. Fazal, let's start with you. Yeah, okay. And I think Kalashon will be able to give a more recent answer for that. So I would say research assistant, research associate, policy analyst, policy assistant. You could, depending on how much previous experience you had, before your MPH, apply for coordinator jobs. Uh, if you're from, maybe if you have like a medical background and you do your MPH, you could also do a specialist kind of job. Look at the number of experience, the number of years of experience. If it's around two or three, yeah, go for it, right? That's the type of job you want. In, on Indeed, you have a nice feature there. You can just write entry level, right? And then it filters out the jobs for you. But in terms of field, any field you can work, right? You could work as an assistant in any field or an associate in any field and you grow from there, right? It's all about how you present yourself. And yeah, that, that's what I would say. Over to you, Lishan. Totally agree with all those suggestions that you had. And I would also just check out different job forms or like within your school's practicum positions, they might post specific job titles. And you could use that as well on your journey to find specific keywords, etc. And I have a whole digital marketing spiel I could go into, but I'll spare you from that. But in a nutshell, you could use like Google keywords to just help you find keywords that people are typing in or key job terms you could help use. Let me tell you one thing I did when I was doing my MPH. I met with um, hiring managers from the different health units at various conferences. And I said to them, what public health jobs are most accessible for recent grads. They told me health promoter, so I tailored my whole practicum experience to get a job in health promotion. And what did I do? I got a job in health promotion. But before you even do that, one thing I did before I even accepted entry into my master of public health program is I asked a career coordinator to send me a spreadsheet of all the job titles for public health positions. And I indexed them. And whenever I search, I type those names in. But where do you search? Is Google the only place to search? LaShawn, what are some of those places that you go? What are the best platforms to use when you're in the process of job searching? 
Okay, I'll list out a couple here. So the first one I would say would be this idea of there are many professional groups on the internet. Like, for example, if you're into global health, the Canadian Association for Global Health, they have a young professional network that you can enroll in and they have affordable membership pricing since we're early career professionals. It's a great way to network with individuals at different stages of their career and who knows where that could take you. Great networking opportunity. Then... One thing that is often said, but not really expanded upon, is this idea of using LinkedIn. We get the idea, Dr. Fuzzle mentioned, so great to network with people, connect with people, and be strategic in that approach. But on LinkedIn, there's actual specific features you can use, okay? So if you log on to LinkedIn right now, at the top of your screen, there's actually a section dedicated to jobs, okay? Click that section. What you'll find is a search bar and it'll say search by title, skill, job. Use that. Type in public health. Type in all these keywords that we're telling you and talking about. And what you'll find is a list of job applications, job descriptions that you can see. And you could see people who applied, people who you know are affiliated to those organizations. It literally lays it out all for you. And you can filter by different things like location. You can filter by, does it have easy apply? Easy apply is basically a feature on LinkedIn, which helps you push out a lot of applications. So you could filter by that. And basically, if you click that option on any given job, it'll send your LinkedIn profile. And ideally, it's well done and filled out properly. You could fill it in and then click that apply easy apply button and boom right? You apply to that job. Sometimes they'll ask you to attach a resume, but it's super quick and seamless, right? So you could filter by a, diff- a bunch of different things. So that's the second thing. The third thing I want to say is this idea of vertical search engines, okay? Vertical search engines are search engines that are dedicated to a specific topic, okay? In this case, we're talking about job searching, job postings. So what these vertical search engines do is they feed information from a bunch of different job postings, job boards, and they have people actively bringing in job postings that you can look into. And again, with that, there would be certain keywords you type in, filters you could apply, geographic, is it a remote job? There's different filters depending on what you want, right? So you could really tailor it, but people don't actually go through with the process. So I'm going to drop three links here to three of the top vertical search engines that I use to just keep track of what's going on in the space. Absolutely. So, yeah, there it is. All right. Thank you for that, LaShawn. And that's a bit of a perfect segue to talk. We've talked a lot about LinkedIn. We've talked a lot about networking. So in terms of while we're applying to jobs online, the best practice is to also network because you never know what opportunities are out there. So do you recommend... How do you get your feet wet in networking? Dr. Fuzzle, you mentioned about the first thing to do is to send a nice direct message to get the conversation started, comment on people's posts and things like that. So where do you take it from there? Do you go about setting up informational interviews with other public health professionals to learn about the jobs? Do you even message recruiters for those organizations that you're interested in, hiring managers? Where do you stand on that? Yeah, it's a good question. I think each one of us is a different way of going about it. I would usually say that it's good, first of all, to look at someone's profile, 
before you connect with them, right? See that that person, because public health is broad, right? If you're interested in a specific field, then you connect to that person who's in that field of yours, right? Like, I don't work in epidemiology. If you connect with me and say, hey, Dr. Fazl, I want to work in epidemiology, I'll, I can give you guidance, but I'll probably end up saying, hey, this colleague of mine is in epidemiology, might as well speak to him. He's going to give you a better understanding, right? So look at what people's fields are or specializations are, and then connect them based on what you are interested, what you want to do or get into. That's number one. Number two, I would say, yeah, do engage with people with their posts, commenting, liking, having the discussion. Because again, you're not networking for a job. You're networking for the long-term connection. Simply, just for example, somebody who's going to be connected to, let's say, LaShawn, Gordon, and I on LinkedIn is probably going to get, is probably going to get visibility and is probably going to get to see more job postings because Gordon sees a job posting from his network and clicks like, it's going to show up on everyone who's connected to you. Same, same here, right? And so you get to see more jobs, not only like, getting a job from that person, you get to see more jobs. And the other thing is, yeah, after you have a connection on LinkedIn, you can do an informal interview. Like I, usually when someone asks me a bunch of questions on LinkedIn, I usually send them a doodle poll and tell them, okay, this is my doodle calendar, slot it in and we can have a chat because it's easier. I mean, I prefer that to texting, but it's always good to have a discussion and a conversation with someone. And no, in the conversation, don't ask for a job. Ask for how is the work culture. Like really ask as if you want to work there. What are the things you want to know? What is the work culture? How do things work? What are some of the important projects, right? And after you get all this information, then you can make a decision whether you want to apply. And sometimes do send out, do tell them I'm looking for a job. Can I send you my resume? And the, you know, after having that relationship, and there are people who would say, yeah, send me your resume and I will look at what's there. So I think that's the other thing to keep in mind. Yeah, no, definitely. And I guess one thing I would just cap that off with is engaging with your network meaningfully. One of the things that we created at Public Health Insight is this idea of office hours. So it's basically a booking a free 30-minute session, usually myself and Gordon chatting. And you can network with us, talk about different opportunities in the space, and it's a one-on-one -on -one session. So we've had hundreds of people at this point join these sessions with us and they benefited greatly. So perfect. In doing this for a while, Ashani, office hours talking to students, one of the things we often learn is that when people hear the term networking, they think of cold calls, people that you've never met before. But what about networking in a place that you're already working at? So there's an organization that you either is you're doing your practicum, you're doing your internship, co-op, volunteer, you're already doing it there. How do you go about networking within that organization to find out about job opportunities that exist? LaShawn, you can start. Yeah, no, I love I, I love that question. And it's you might have done something and, like that. Yeah, no, exactly. It's exactly what I did. And coming out of a practicum position after my master's or like while in it, I was starting to talk to people within the organization. I had my supervisor. I actively asked my supervisor, who do you recommend that I talk to to gain more information about the field or specific types of job? In that sense, your supervisor, you have one-on-one -on -one conversations. They ideally want the best for you. So they're willing to connect you with people. They're not a cold contact. They're a warm contact, right? So then that helps facilitate the next conversation. And that could lead to something else, right? And with that in mind, at least for myself, I've always thought about how I can add value to different people's workflow or the things that they're doing through project management, through digital marketing, or through our podcast that we have. 
A lot of public health and global health organizations love public health and global health, obviously. They have different messages, services that they have. And what better opportunity、uh, than collaborating with someone with a podcast who has a big network in a podcast? So I use that as my leverage endpoint to have these deeper, meaningful connections. So, not saying that everyone should get a podcast and try getting people, hustling in people into joining their podcast and coming on as guests. But what I'm saying is, you have to find your own niche. And you don't necessarily have to bring the value I'm saying. As long as it's a warm connection and you're open to having that conversation, people will appreciate that. Right? And don't ask for a job, like Dr. Fuzzle said. <laughs> Over to you, Dr. Fuzzle. I think、Fuzzle. you're right, Leshona. Yeah, one of the things that I have done so I did my practicum in an organization, and then I kept in touch with my supervisor. We are still in touch today. At least every once a year or once in six months, we have a chat. I send a nice holiday greeting card. I send a nice holiday greeting card to every boss I've worked for. Mm hmm. Right? To keep that connection going. And see, I'll tell you one thing. As much as we want to hustle and it's our hard work that gets us to where we are, it's also that person taking a chance on you.、Mm-hmm. That person saying, I'm trusting he's going to do a good job. And that gives a lot of empathy and gratefulness. We should be grateful that this person chose me compared to a hundred other candidates, right? And for that, I always keep my connections nice and warm. But Now, these days, at least once a year, I actually do consulting work as an independent consultant for the organization.、Mm. From that same supervisor who was like, oh, he did a good job last time during his internship. Now he has grown. Why don't I engage him as a consultant? And while that's not my day job, it's still a source of income and it's a way for me to create an impact and make more connections. So always think of that. Fantastic. Never, ever discard your networks. And I think all three of us can attest to the fact that places we moved on from years ago were still benefiting from maintaining those connections. So it's invaluable to maintain those. So, as we're winding down here, we had some questions about some folks have broken through those barriers. Some folks have applied to those two to three year experience jobs. Some folks have made it to the interview stage. So, what advice would you have to someone who? Has been getting interviews but not receiving any job offers. And Lashawn, I can let you start with that one. Yeah, I'll go quickly. I mean, I think it's a great step that you're getting your interviews. Like, clearly, your cover letter, your resume seems to be working relatively well. Now, maybe it's time to think about how you can improve your interviewing skills. And maybe it's the type of questions you're asking. Maybe it's the enthusiasm level that you have. I've interviewed several people who just don't seem passionate about it. It's like they're here as a chore. I'd much rather have someone who's passionate and is visibly like really engaged and wants to genuinely know more, not someone who necessarily asks a question like,、uh, how, how long do I have to work every day? Is like, you know, like those are not the best questions to ask if you're super passionate and dedicated. It is something to ask in the future going forward, maybe, but not at that specific moment. So just have a little reflection session. There's a lot of、um, YouTubers online that offer you know, career advice,、uh, interview advice, like、uh, Richard McMunn, Gordon's favorite. So there's a lot of resources out there to help you nail down that interview part. I think that's, I think, yeah, I think LeSean said everything that, 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 that's there.、Um, I would say, yeah, work on your interview skills, be passionate. But don't be too passionate.、Mm. And, and I've seen this. There is a point where you become too passionate 
you come yeah, off as somebody who's not very professional or very you know uh, uh let's say within the system so to speak right um keep also be cognizant of what type of job you're applying for if you're applying for governmental positions then there is that level of patience <laughs> that's required you're not going to get a policy go up through and get implemented within six months. That's not how government works, right? So if you're there all gun-ho, they're probably going to look at you and be like, is, is this person a good fit compared to if you work for a startup where they're looking for all those, right? So be passionate, but be professional. Uh, look at who your uh, interview interviewer is and then you know measure your responses accordingly. Absolutely. And just real quickly, a lot of times people don't understand the job. So I think we all can attest to being part of even conducting interviews that you're all, you often wonder, wait, am I in the wrong? The person actually doesn't understand the job. So the job posting is there for a reason. It details what you're expected to do on the job. If you're getting interviews but not getting the offers, perhaps you communicate in writing that you're the best candidate. But when you come to the verbal communication part, you're not able to articulate why your skills can achieve whatever objectives are on the job posting. So that's something that you might have to work on articulating. Now, I just what, want to add one thing. Yeah, Gordon, go ahead. That mm. People shouldn't feel discouraged though, because sometimes you apply for a job, there's already an internal candidate waiting mm. for it. Absolutely. So just want to put that out there. Like, don't be discouraged. You do your best, improve yourself, and you'll get there. Not every job was meant for you. There's some that's already an internal candidate, but they just have to go through the process. All right. The last question we have here is around salary negotiation. One of the most cringeworthy things for people, one of the most uncomfortable <laughs> things for people to do. Is there a right way to go about salary negotiations, Dr. Fuzzle? So, okay. I would say there are multiple ways to, to work on this. First of all, you should have a figure in mind. You should have a range in mind before you even applied for the job, right? You should have a range in mind that this is what I'm expecting. Then you go, you finish your interview process. They're happy. They give you an offer. Look at the offer and see whether it is within your range. Are you happy with it, right? If it's not within your range or it's in the lower end of your range, have a conversation. I would say it's probably good to do it over Zoom or a phone call rather than an email, but you can mm. send an email. My first negotiation was via email and I was like, I was like, I'm really excited for the role. I like the position. I looked at the, I looked at what the comps are, or you could just say that I was expecting to get this much, taking into consideration my years of experience and that I have these skill sets and I would appreciate if we can have a discussion about it. Mm. And so what happened to me was I had an amount then they came up with a counter offer, which right. was better than what was originally there. So good thing to keep in mind is usually people do have a range and what they offer you, maybe they can go five, 10 percent above. Mm -hmm. So always negotiate. Sometimes they expect people to negotiate, but no one negotiates. And they're like, hey, we saved some, a few bucks here and there. Right. That's how yes. HR works. So always be and work. And I used to feel when I did my first job, I used to feel Oh, what if they say no? Then how is that going to be with my relationship with my employer? There's nothing to fear. There's no harm, right? You negotiate and they say no. And then it's up to you to accept that offer or to not accept that offer. There's no fear or something bad for you just asking. More, more likely than not, you'll get at least a smaller bump. Right. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I'll, I'll give you the last question in a sec, LaShawn. Just a quick mention of that. The 
it's just about the stage that you ask a question. You're offered the position. So you it's appropriate at that point to negotiate. If you're talking about someone offers you an interview, you're like, wait, but how much does it pay? You know, you're running into a mm. lot of problems there. So it just depends on if you're the best candidate, you're in a position to negotiate. It's called negotiation for a reason. Negotiate after the offer, after not the, before. After the yeah. job. And yep. real yep. quickly, Sean, can you take positives from rejections from jobs? Is there any positives that can come from lessons learned from job rejection? Oh, uh, yeah, 100%. I mean, it really allows you that chance to reflect on that whole process and start to analyze different aspects of what went right, what went wrong, what I can improve on for the next time. And it's always one thing I always do. And if you're comfortable doing this, you could always message or email the person who interviewed you and maybe ask them, did you have any sort of feedback for me? Especially if you're applying for a practicum first type job, it's a really good thing to just get that feedback to know what you're doing wrong. You could think all you want and you might think you're right of why you didn't get a job, but let us it's best to find the root of why something might not be working out, right? Oh, so perfect. I would, you know, send out an email. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Public Health Insight Podcast, your go-to space for informative conversations, inspiring community action. If you enjoy our podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. See you in the next one.